Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This is a weekly interview show that is all about art, craft, and creativity. I produce it in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. So let's get to it, folks. It's time to craft sanity. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 66 of the Craft Sanity Podcast. I'm back this week with an interview with Hillary Seabolt. She is the genius woman behind the business Lily Bean Market. And you may have seen her stuff uh, for sale, her felt food, which is totally cute. And it's not just for kids. I know I bought a pita sandwich from a local children's store called Hopscotch here in Grand Rapids. And I had seen... Hillary's stuff around on the internet, and I I was pretty sure she lived in this area, but I wasn't sure exactly where. It turns out she is right here in Grand Rapids. I just interviewed her for my craft column. I'll put links on the blog so you can read the article about her. She has given me the most wonderful project to post, so I'm very excited about that. They're felt fortune cookies. So awesome. Uh, these are super easy to make and just so cute. After the show, head over to craftsanity.com to check out that pattern, which is just really great. I'm so glad to have it. A little bit about Hillary before we get started. She's 28, and she started this business a couple years ago, and it's grown really fast. She is actually has people working for her. So this is a great episode for those of you who have ideas, or maybe you're making things. You have your Etsy shop, and you're trying to decide how to push it to the next level. Hillary's story is very inspiring, too, because she basically crafted herself out of a bad situation. I know I have some felt food and um, <laughs> was kind of slow to give it to my children because, honestly, I think I wanted to save it for myself. And every time we play grocery store with it, yes, it's we because I play with this supervised. I'm kind of, um, yeah, I'm not usually like this with toys except handmade toys. I seem to have some tendencies to hog the toys. After we get done playing with the felt food, it goes back in a box and I kind of put it aside because I just don't want it to get lost under the couch. I'm not going to go on any further. I think that this story, I'm going to just let Hillary tell you about how she got this awesome business going. And uh, I think you're going to be inspired. You operate Lily Bean, which is just a fabulous toy company. You make food out of wool felt. And it's so fun, so fun, in fact, that I, when I bought a little pita, I have been hesitant to actually give it to my children, and that was my whole reason. I'm staying at the cash register, and I'm like, I'm a good mom. I'm buying this cute little toy for my children, and it's mine. <laughs> well, I have a lot of people say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, why don't you tell me a little bit about um, Lily Bean, um, just so, in your own words, if you can describe what you do. I don't know if I did an adequate job there. <laughs> uh, well, I... I make food out of wool felt. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, it's a process where I, I have about half of it's done using a machine for machine sewing, and then it's embellished with hand stitches. When did you get started? Well, I started making them in 2004 after my daughter was born, and I had a sewing machine that somebody gave me, and I was just playing around with it, making little dolls and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, my son, who was let's see he was four at the time and he said you know these dolls need something to eat they, they need something to eat so I was like oh okay well what should we give it and and so 
we came up with this concept of making some felt food for the dolls, and they just turned out really funny. I mean, I made, um, I think the first thing I made was a felt egg. Actually, actually, it was a fleece egg, but felt turned out to work a lot better for, mm-hmm. for making things. So it was like a, it looked like a, um, like an egg you would cook, not like Yeah, like yeah. a fried, fried egg. egg. Yeah, and then, and then I thought, well, hmm, if I can make a fried egg, what else can I make? And mm-hmm. I made pancakes and bacon and donuts and, and all kinds of stuff, and it just became kind of this fun little hobby. And my friends would come over, and they'd be like, these are so neat, because the kids would throw them around, and, and you know, nobody would have to go to the hospital. <laughs> it, was, it, it was really good. And then, um, and then I found myself divorced a few years later, and I was making these things and didn't have a job because I was a stay-at-home mom before then. And um, so my friend came to me and she says, you know, you could sell these things. And I was like, really? Do you think anybody would buy felt food? And she's like, well, they're really cute and I haven't seen anything like them. You know, you should try. So I was on crafter.org and they were talking about this website, Mm Etsy.com. So I started, I put a couple things up on Etsy thinking, oh, well, this will be some like pizza money or something like that. And I immediately started getting, I started having purchases, like people were buying the product and I was like, wow, this is really, this is really neat. So I started making more and putting it up more. What year was this when you started selling on Um, Etsy? This was... Oh, let's see. 2006. You, okay, so you started making these things in 2004, and mm-hmm. then two years later you started selling them. I'm trying to think, because it was 2005 is when I started. Okay, 2005. Yeah. So, okay, so someone had given you a sewing machine, you said? Yeah, my mom had given me a sewing machine because she, you know, she's had it since I was probably 10 and made, like, three things on it. Oh. Like, she, <laughs> my dad got it for her. <laughs> Yeah, it sat in the closet for a long time, and I wanted to make some curtains. Actually, was the reason why I borrowed. Did you them. ever make the curtains? I I don't think I ever made the curtains. <laughs> I I think I got distracted. By, yeah, with making. I think I really like making little things that I can complete in a sure. short amount of time, and just uh, and I get satisfaction from just completing something right. rather than working on something that takes me a really long time. Because I'm constantly getting pulled away by my children anyway. So. Right, right. Your kids are how old now? My daughter, Lily, is three, and my son, Richie, is seven. So it sounds like you were surprised then when on Etsy. Yeah, well, I mean, I wasn't, I, I guess I was surprised by how quickly people, or, or how much attention I would get emails and saying, wow, this stuff is really great. And I'm like, it is? It is! <laughs> <laughs> because I had just, I hadn't really considered it, um, I, I mean, I just was doing it for fun. I wasn't considering it art, and all of a sudden people started calling it art, and I was like, oh, I'm an artist. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, and then um, I started getting offers from stores to sell wholesale from from Etsy, not from Etsy, but through they Etsy. They saw your stuff on yeah. Etsy, contact And um, one particular person, Robert Mahar, shout out to Robert Mahar. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he, he contacted me, he owns mahardrygoods.com, and he contacted me, and he's like, I really like your product, you know, I really want to sell your product. So I sent things to him, and he, you know, people 
take what he says and and run with it. And ever since then, it's just been um, flying off the shelves. Like I have a, usually have like a six month waiting period for wow. for stores to carry my product. But but now that I have help, it's not it's not quite so so long of a wait. So and we're gonna actually flash back. I'd like to kind of go back to. That point where you know you started making this, these things kind of as a fun side thing. Your mom gave you her sewing machine, and at that point there was no need for you to generate income based on that. I mean, you were you know, married, right. you had you know a spouse that was making money, so you weren't. I mean, there's no immediate need. And then the divorce happens. Did you consider getting other jobs, or did you right away? Start I actually selling? did get another job. Okay, you like, did. What like, were you doing? I was doing taxes. Really? Oh my goodness, that sounds so boring compared to this. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I, I I was actually pretty good at it, but but I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and I was going to school to be a special education teacher. Where were you going? And, what school? Uh, were you Grand going Valley. To? Okay. And I just I I really love this business because I'm combining those skills of where I feel like I'm teaching a child and providing them with um, a stimulating toy. Um, and then I'm also using that creativity in my own head where I'm creating new products all the time. So right. it works out really well. And so at what point you're doing taxes and how long did you do taxes? I mean, in, in the interim when you're, you said you went from being in a house and, and you know, you're in an apartment, you're with your, your kids and you're trying to figure out, okay, I gotta make, I gotta, I gotta support these kids now. Um, at what point I'm thinking that in that situation, it must've been harder. Like when you have a person who just decides if they have someone else generate income and they decide to make their hobby a business, mm-hmm. it's not as probably stressful or scary. Um, right. <laughs> when, right. Well, I never really thought it would become a major business. Yeah. Um, I always thought it was just going to be some extra revenue in my house. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to be a struggling single mom um, working a part-time job and going to school and, and, um, and I'm going to be struggling for quite a while. And, um, when this took off, I just saw it as a great opportunity and I just ran with it. So you're doing taxes and at what point did you stop doing that job? I mean, you um, I started in January. I I got divorced like January 1st. Oh geez. Okay. Like that was when he filed for divorce and, um, moved out of my house that week and into a teeny tiny apartment, and then I got the job doing taxes to just kind of, you know, I had to do something, and this was quick, something I could do really yeah. quick, and um, making a little bit more than minimum wage. And so um, I did that for like two or three months, and then I was actually making enough off of my business to where I could. I quit my job. Wow, I quit that was really fast. Yeah, it was really fast. And I, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like I was making a ton of money because I wasn't making a ton of money. It was that um, I, 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 I have a thing about not going into a lot of debt. Oh, yeah. And um, I didn't have a car payment. So I had very little expenses. So I didn't need to make a huge amount of money. I had just enough to cover all of my expenses. And I had enough orders placed that I knew I would be set for a while. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I, so I felt like, okay, if I if I quit this now, and besides that, tax season was almost over. <laughs> that if I quit this now, I have enough orders to take me through the summer, and then I can take it from there. Okay. So, um, so I did that, and that's and that's when I kind of started doing it full time. And then by the September of that year, so right now we're kind of talking about April. By September, I was in. 
Um, I had my product featured in Child Magazine, um, and that basically started this whole, like, snowball effect where people started recognizing the company name and they started um, wanting to buy from me. I had stores call me and say, can I buy 200 sandwiches? And at that point, it was just me. I'm like, no, <laughs> you can't buy 200 sandwiches. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish I could sell you 200 sandwiches. I, um, and um, then I kind of started to realize, oh, I've got to figure something out. Um, I have a lot of orders, and it's like it's, uh, people kept telling me it's a good problem to have, but it was a problem. It was a good problem to have, right, but it right. was like well, because of course like, you want to fill all those orders, right? Exactly. I want more people to have my product. I want people to love it, and and I would have people, you know, because it started to get to like a waiting list kind of situation. I had to stop selling on Etsy because I couldn't tell people who are purchasing my product, oh, you're going to have to wait six months. But I could tell a store right. that they would have to wait six months to get right. their order. Right. So, so that's when I stopped retailing and just started wholesaling. And then... And how has that been? Is that harder? You do have help, and we'll get to that part of the story where you, yeah. we talk about who's helping you with this. But um, you're still... I mean, you're, you're basically it, though. I mean, the main person making all these things. I mean... How hard is that to make a living when you're doing wholesale as opposed to the retail? Because you're not getting as much per product. Right. Well, I had to raise my prices, okay. and that was hard for me because I wanted everybody to be able to afford my product. Right. And I still think that my prices are pretty um, are pretty good. I mean, I don't think I can. I don't. I don't price my products so high that people can't afford well, how them. How much is a sandwich? Twenty dollars. These are sandwiches the kids can build, or is this one that's all put together? Um, yeah, it's a sandwich that comes with two slices of bread, ham, cheese, lettuce, tomato. Okay. And and so that's $20. And I still think that $20 is pretty reasonable. Well, I think that when you start a craft business, you undervalue your product. You definitely do. Um, and especially when you're selling retail because you have no reason to make more than that. Um, when I was selling, at first I was selling them for 10 Okay. And now that's how much I wholesale them for so basically my retail prices became my wholesale prices the sandwiches look great i mean i i love the stuff when you think about it all the work that goes into a sandwich and it's twenty dollars it's people might think well twenty bucks for a felt sandwich well they don't really understand though when right. you're hand stitching and right. you're, you're doing all these embellishments i mean it's it's a lot of i mean a lot of time goes into it and the thing about it though is it's a wonderful toy also a wonderful thing to, for a person to have on their desk if they're bored at work or something because right. it's just fun and well it's, it's, you know, it's i kind of i i love play food and my uh -huh. kids i mean i'll admit it my kids have some plastic play food <laughs> and they have a lot of wooden play food, but I kind of want to treat it a product that not only is it durable, not only can kids play with it, but it's aesthetically pleasing to adults too. It's like mm -hmm. functional art um, to where um, you don't mind it scattered around your living room floor because that's how cute it is. <laughs> well, and you're also not going to, it doesn't hurt when you step on it or and you can't really trip over it. Right. You know, and you can throw room. it across the room and nobody gets hurt. So. <laughs> yeah. So for you, this, you know, this experience of, um, you know, kind of that's how you kind of got into your business. But when you started, I mean, when did you always sew or did you always like crafts? I mean, when did you well, get into this? I mean, early in your childhood, what was your background? Well, I liked to make things a lot when I was little. I was very, like, crafty as far. Like, I'd go in the backyard and make, like, twig um 
like tables and chairs for the little elves that live in the backyard. Okay, I was little. What can I say? <laughs> Could you see the elves? <laughs> I never caught one. I tried to put out a couple of traps for the elves, and, and I never caught them. But, you know, if we set up chairs and stuff, the next day they would be moved. Yeah. It's probably the wind. But, <laughs> but you know, at that time... You know, so I was always making this stuff, and I always ma- made stuff out of paper, like like three-dimensional things out of paper. But my mom was, I love her, <laughs> but she's not, she's not crafty at all. <laughs> and so she didn't really, I said my mom had that sewing machine since I was like 10 and, and maybe used it twice. So <laughs> she wasn't very crafty at all. But then I find out, like after my dad retires from the military, that he is actually extremely crafty like he likes to make things uh, he's an excellent sewer and I but I didn't know this growing up so I didn't have anybody like saying hey you should do this so how old was your dad when he kind of you know makes it known that he knows how to sew and do all these great crafts um I was like I was like 20 I was, I was like, like dad where'd you go where, where'd this like, come oh, from oh yeah like all this stuff in this cabinet here like my dad made all that stuff wow and so yeah. he has like it looks like some uh Leather stuff? Yeah, yeah. He likes to sew leather, and I like to sew felt. That's awesome. (laughs) So so it is in your blood. It is. And my grandmother is a ceramic artist. Like, she makes ceramics and paints. She's an excellent painter. So, uh, like, and my grandfather was a carpenter. So it's like this whole, it's not just that I like to sew. It's like that I like to um, create things. Like, it's just like I like to see something that I made turn into a product. And, and um, that's just really exciting for me. And my son has it, too. Like, see all, all my little clay guys over oh, there? Yeah. <laughs> those are, those are so all my he's son's good. That's really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, um, you have this in your, your family heritage, and it must have been just fun to really discover for yourself what you could do. Right, right. It's like after I got into it, it just was like, oh, I can't get enough of it. Like what I, led you to the wool felt as your medium? Because that's what you've really been primarily working with. Right. Well, I actually looked around for a lot of different materials. I tried making things out of fleece at first. In fact, all the first things were like made out of fleece, but oh. fleece tends to be kind of stretchy. So it's yeah. like when you when you stuff it, it's like it's never firm, and I like it to be firm so that you can hold something, and it feels like if you hold a pear, it feels like a pear. It's right. not soft and squishy like a stuffed animal. And then I kind of came across felt, and then I'm like, okay, but this is kind of fuzzy. This isn't, this, you know, I was looking at, like, craft felt in the store, and I'm like, this isn't sturdy enough. Right. So then I did some, like, work looking on the Internet and things like that, and I'm like, wool felt? Wool felt. I mean, that's like that's like sturdy. And so I looked for a company in the United States that carried wool felt, and I found a manufacturer in the United States that they create the wool felt right in, right here, and they dye it, and they had like fifty colors. And I was like, because that was another problem is finding a material that was a uniform material that I could buy many different shades of many different colors from. And that was another issue when I went to look for a wool felt company where there would be colors missing. Right. I mean, like specifically tan. Which you kind of need for a sandwich. <laughs> I mean, you need, I, you'd be surprised how much tan I go through just because pancakes and cookies and, I mean, all of those require tan. Right. So, <laughs> right. So that's kind of a... And a couple breaker. of the companies that I looked at 
didn't offer tan. I was like, well, that kind of throws that out. <laughs> yeah. So. so you were able to find a place, and that's awesome that you found a place in the United States, too. Yeah, yeah, because really then I could, I and um, they're nice people, and I could talk to them, and, and I asked them about the process they go through to make it and whether or not these were safe, whether or not there were any chemicals that were used in the process that were um, going to be dangerous, and um, I, I kind of got the full story, and um, actually the felt that I use is, um, code number is TOY002, like, it, like okay, it, so they're kind of made, made for heirloom toys, they have descriptions underneath, you know, use this felt for this, use this felt for this, this is a great product for heirloom toys, and, and so it it's made to be safe for kids. That's awesome. And that's something that was really important to me because my kids were playing with these and I was going to send these out into the world for other kids to play with and I would feel horrible, <laughs> you know, sending something out that I wasn't 100% You don't want to have sure. to do a recall. <laughs> well, I don't want to have to do a recall and I don't want, but more importantly, I don't want people to get sick or, right, right. or you know, have problems because of something that I made. Right. That would just, that would be horrible. So well, I, I guess, too, the whole point of, of what you're doing, too, is to give people an alternative to the toys that are being recalled right now, the plastic battery-operated Right. Toys. Well, and I just think that, that overall they function better. Right. I mean, they're, they're pretty, and kids love them. I mean, they seem to really gravitate towards them rather than the wood food, which I love wood food. I have wood food. But it's like... Um, when you're making a sandwich out of wood, you cannot, they don't stay together. You put right. it on a plate and the whole thing flops over. Right. Um, and, and, um, and if you have a thrower in your family, that can then, hurt. then get they, hit in they the can head get with hurt. A, yeah. With a tomato. And, and with yeah. the, with the, um, wool felt sandwich, they're soft, they're squishy. They feel like a sandwich. They look like a sandwich. I mean, it's actually... I've had, um, my mom is a teacher at a special education school, and sometimes they use them for occupational therapy because they're, I, I made them about the, approximately the same size as a real sandwich. Oh, so yeah. you can actually use it just for real life kind of situations. To build a sandwich or pick right, up a sandwich. Yeah. Right, So. Well, that's great. So it must make you feel good to know that your, your toys are being used, not just for play, but also education. How does that feel to have created something so cool? It's really, it's a good feeling. I just, I wanted to create a toy that was simple. And a play food is just, it's used with for so many different purposes. You can play store, you can play restaurant. You can, I mean, you can play house. You can, you can use them for color sorting. I mean, there's just, it's an open-ended toy. So um, it's a toy that kids don't get tired of. They may put it away for a little while, but you'll always find a reason to pull it back out and use it again. Right. And it's a toy that's not stuck on a certain date and time. Um, people for generations have used play food, and they will continue to use play food. So it's not a lost cause. I mean, I have kids like two years old who play with the play food, and I have 11-year-olds that will still go back to it. And they play with it in different ways. Right. But... Um, but it's something you don't see. I have adults that play with my play food. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I know a lady who just bought a pita. And yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's, well, it's just, it's really fun. And I think that's the thing that, um, it kind of makes you smile. Cause I, you know, when I was in the store, um, the local hopscotch kids toy store here in Grand Rapids, I, you know, I was looking at this and I kind of lingered around. Like, I mean, I was there to do a story about something else, but once I got done with my reporting, I was like, oh, this is so great. You know, it's just, it's just fun. It brings a smile to your face. And that's well, really, <laughs> really great to see. Um, well, I want to um, now, now maybe move back a little bit to um, 
Well, maybe fast forward to the present. You're at a point where your product is known. You're doing a lot of wholesale right now. You've got some national exposure. Where are you right now as far as the decisions you have to make and maybe some of the decisions you've recently made about what direction you're taking with this company? Well, I came to the point where, I mean, I came to the point a long time ago where I knew that I couldn't handle this by myself. And I had to go out and try to figure out, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? And I took some business classes at Grow. And what does that stand for? People who aren't familiar with it. Grand Rapids Opportunities for Women. And they offer business classes for women and men <laughs> that um, that help you get started, help you get your ducks in a row, so to speak, as far as starting a business. And they helped me develop a business plan. Just talking to Rita Vanderveen, she is kind of a, the coordinator there. She talked to me a lot one-on-one about like um, options for getting things manufactured and got me in touch with an intellectual property lawyer to see you know, what kind of issues there were with copywriting and things like that. And we talked about manufacturing out of the country, and I just didn't feel comfortable with it. Not, not for, and this was before the whole China thing. Not because I have anything against um, people exporting products to have a, to have them created, but just because I don't know. Maybe I'm a control freak. I just I wanted to be able to personally oversee that my product was being made correctly. I didn't want something sent and not know who was creating it. Or how um, it looked. How it looked. You know, what were, were they, was it exposed to anything that could be harmful? Um, I really wanted to do it here. So then I started looking in fulfillment companies here, but they looked at the hand sewing and said, oh, we can't do that. We can't do your hand, we can do your machine sewing, but we can't do your hand sewing. Um, and so I hired various people and found that it's, it's a kind of a skill that you either have or you don't. And then I, through various people, have met a group of Amish women. Now why don't you tell me how that came to be? Like, so okay. you're, you, because you had other people working for you, and it wasn't exactly what you were looking for, it sounds like. Right, it wasn't, it wasn't quite what I was looking for, and I was actually getting really discouraged, like, okay, this might not work. I'm like, oh, what, are, what are my other options? Am I going to have to raise my prices so high that... I can afford to, you know, make live a good yourself. life, yeah. you know, <laughs> and um, make everything myself and just make my, everything myself and raise the prices so high that the demand went down because at that point the demand was so crazy and still is to the, where I have to like tell companies, no, I'm sorry, I can't do business with you. I can't, I don't have enough resources to provide those for you. So um, I, I hired a designer to create a logo for me. And she said, I was talking to her, just talk, we were just chatting, she, she works from home, she's, um, and we were talking about it, she's like, well, my family lives near some Amish people, so, <laughs> and I'm like, Amish, I know Amish, they're, they're, they're kind of known for hand craftsmanship, I mean, they, they do a lot of hand sewing, they, especially known for quilts, um, and she's like, I, I'm really good friends with these people. I can probably talk to them. Do you mind if I bring some of your products to them and see if they're even interested? And I said, yeah, bring it to them. So she brought that brought it to them, and they were very interested. They they really liked the concept, and um, and it was something they could do at home. Um, and so we had a test run of I gave them some products and along with instructions, 
and sent it over to them and got it back, and it was pretty good. I no, know. Did you go and talk to them, or no, you just sent The them. first run, I didn't. The okay. first run was through somebody, because they're kind of secluded, and, um, and um, you know, they don't like a whole lot of attention, so. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> and, and so I let her do some talking for me, and then after I thought, okay, this, this is going to work, I went down and had a meeting with them. And um, now we've since then become really good friends. I mean, I, I spend a couple of hours over there every other week, and we go over um, directions for new products, and we sit and sew. It's like a little sewing this circle. It sounds so fun. <laughs> it like, is seriously. fun. You know, it's fun because... Um, because it's not like we're in a hurry. It's it's just like we're sitting around sewing. I feel like I've gone back in time a little bit to to <laughs> just be able to sit down and enjoy sewing with people because I don't know very many other people who sew. In fact, most of my friends don't know how to sew on a button, so <laughs> they bring it to me if one of their buttons fell off. So, <laughs> so it's really it is really fun. So I yeah I like I and I can bring my daughter and they sometimes have their kids there too and it's just it's a great experience um but they're helping me out a lot and and the more that they learn the more products they learn how to make um i think the better my business is going to be uh, because i'll be able to fulfill more orders for stores and things like that and i feel really good of the quality of work that they're coming out with it's beautiful so and, and you're doing the hands i mean you're doing the machine sewing and they are doing the finishing exactly work. i have um one woman who helps me with machine sewing too mm-hmm. um so i i drop stuff off to her every other week and then i bring it down to them and so but i still do a lot of it myself i end up doing a lot of the machine work myself and i actually do a lot of the handwork still too because they don't the amish don't know how to make everything yet mm-hmm. and um but yeah i'm cutting everything out by hand and uh, <laughs> and and i have little plastic templates that i made oh you made your own templates yeah i did yeah. i made my own little templates and um, I've looked into die cutting, but I haven't gotten that far yet. I, I probably will in the near future. Would just, you do it yourself or you hire someone to die um, cut for you? I, I've, I've kind of priced out both ways. And I think, um, I, like I said, I, I try not to go into a lot of debt. So I'm trying to build the business based on what I have. And I probably will purchase like an Ellison machine and have dies made and just do it from home. And then um, eventually switch over you know, as quantities increase, I don't see a reason to have 10,000 strawberry tops cut out, (laughs) you know. Right, so you can just just cut them as you need them. Right, right, but it is, I mean, anything other than with scissors. Oh, (laughs) you're doing it with scissors right now. Yeah, (laughs) just snip, snip, snip. So every single thing you purchased from me has been hand cut the way that it is. Wow. So, yeah. so this is really a labor of love for you. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not getting rich so far. It's, it really has to do with just I love what I'm doing and I feel really good about it. And, you know, that's that's what's really important to me right, right now. Is, and you are making, I mean, this is your sole income. This is it? my sole this income. This is what you do. Yes. For, yeah. Yes. And yes. I... And I well, make that's, congratulations. That's, like, yes, that's I mean, quite an accomplishment because a lot of people, you're living a lot of people's dreams. Thank you. Know, you. I, oh, I feel like it. Even though I'm not... I'm not particularly wealthy. I still, you know, I feel like I'm wealthy just because I can I can afford to stay at home and and do my business from my house and 
um, meet with these wonderful people that are all around me and, and get to experience um, all this joy of get, having people love my product. And yeah. I mean, that, that alone makes it worth it to me to keep the business going and just trusting that it's going to continue to grow and get better and, and easier. So that's what I'm hoping. Because <laughs> you're selling your work. I mean, your stuff is going all over the country and probably around the world. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Australia, Canada, New Zealand, Norway, um, England. Yeah, and, you know, the United States. <laughs> what would you say is the most popular thing? What do people really can't get enough of? Well, I think the sandwich is a popular thing. I mean, although lately people have been loving the sushi. Um, that's something the Amish don't know how to make yet, though. So I so it's, it goes out in very limited amounts. But, yeah. Um, and I think that adults just like the sushi just because it's cool. But, right, right. Um, but the sandwich, the kids just really love the sandwiches, and adults do too, just because I, I think that... Um, the pattern that I made for that and the way that it looks, it looks so much like a, like bread and, and the fact that you could just make your own sandwiches at my mom's school, the kids, um, have a contest to make the craziest sandwich and they put an apple on the sandwich and they put, you know, a banana on the sandwich and it's like, it's just like they have a little game. (laughs) That's really cute. So what advice do you have for other people that are, you know, have this thing they do, you know, that maybe came up with a product or came up with something they like to make and they're trying to decide. Or maybe sitting at the table saying, geez, could I really do this? Can I make this a business? I mean, what what do you have to say to a person who might be just starting out? What do they need to know? What do you wish you would have known? Um, oh, gosh, I'm still learning a lot. But, but I guess uh, my advice would be get your product out there. See if people are interested in it. Um, Etsy is a great I think resource. A lot of boutiques and things like that um, look on Etsy for new products for their mm-hmm. boutiques. So I mean, that I really like that company, and the fees are um, well lower than than like selling on eBay. And um, join forums and blogs and things like that because people will start looking at your pro- product, and it becomes. I mean, use the web. I guess is, is what I'm trying to say because. So many people surf the web, and there are other people out there like you who have more advice for you that right. you can, if you get the word out there, it becomes like a viral effect. I mean, I've done no advertising at all. Um, all of mine has been like strictly like this viral thing on the internet where another person says, oh, check this out. Another person says, oh, check this out. And if you, and if you, if you put your product out there and people start to like it, um, you'll know very quickly. And, you know, start small. I'd say get, get it out there. Try to go into as little debt as possible because, because the less expenses that you have to pay out means you don't have to make as much, right. which puts you in that less scary situation. Part of the reason why I was able to start this business and not say I couldn't afford it. It's because I had very little expenses. My car was paid off. I don't drive a fancy car. I drive an old car <laughs> and and no credit card debt, etc. And it was just like, so I didn't need a huge amount of money to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. So it helped me in the beginning to have that. Right. And then I could take any extra money and put it towards the things I wanted for my business. And use free resources like Grow. And the Small Business Association... The Small Business Association of Michigan, and they they have like a, they have a lot of free business classes and will help you get business loans if you need one. 
Did you end up doing that? Did you I take did a business loan? I did a business loan. No. I do have a little bit of credit card debt now, but I didn't when I started. And I, and, and I repeat over and over again, go in as little debt as possible. Sometimes, sometimes in a business, you need to have a little bit of debt to purchase things that you absolutely need for your business. But um, don't go out and buy, buy big, expensive equipment. or Like a die-cut machine or something. If you're right. Not gonna... like, like, I could really use a die-cut machine right now. But... Um, I've said to myself, I'm buying that in cash. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put that on a credit card. Because, How expensive is a die cut machine? Um, an Ellison machine, which is just a small one, like they use them in schools. Okay. Um, those are those are like four hundred dollars. Okay. And then you can get custom dies made for you that are run between sixty and a hundred dollars a piece. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, so the machine actually is cheaper than all the pieces you need. Right. Right. So yeah, that does add up quickly. I think you're right. I think a lot of people do decide they're going into business and they start buying like expensive like um, scales to weigh packaging and like all kinds of things right. that might not be right. I've had to really weigh it because I'm like, okay, well, if I had a die cut machine, I'd be able to make more. I'd be able to prep more for the Amish, so they'd be able to get more done, and I would make more money. But then I also have to say to myself, okay, but you have to weigh it. You have to really. Um, sit down and think, okay, but how much more am I going to make? And is it really something I absolutely need right this second if I can't pay for it in cash? If I can pay for it in cash, go for it. Right. But if you can't, you really have to weigh whether or not that's an absolute necessity to at this point. You can always buy it next week or the week after that. If you don't need it today don't you know, and you don't have the cash, don't buy it. The place that I'm thinking of is run out of Grand Valley State University. So it's right downtown. Oh, yeah. The Michigan Small Business and Technology Development Center. And the website is www.misbtdc.org. And I'm sure if you live out of Michigan, they have one for just about everywhere. It's part of like the Small Business Association. And that's the one right at Grand Valley on their campus. Right. And they offer all kinds of free advice. The keyword free and then how did you go about <laughs> finding because some of the people that listen to this are not in Michigan they're all around the world but what did you do did you have friends that referred you to these places or did you just start searching on the internet oh for gosh free it was completely advice? by accident just like most of the things that have happened with me it was completely by accident I was reading in a Grand Rapids paper I don't have it out here not the Grand Rapids Press but Oh, Grand Rapids Family Magazine? Oh, yeah. The big yeah. one? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And they had, like, in the section for workshops. Oh, yeah. They had, like, a workshop listed there for Grow. And I'm like, what is Grow? So I looked it up on the Internet. I love the Internet. It's great. <laughs> and um, and it said Grand Rapids Opportunity for Women. And I was like, hmm, what do they do? And I looked up some more information. Oh, business classes. I really need some business advice because I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> and um, and so I just went there, and they're like, they they just are willing to help you. No matter what stage you are in your business, they are willing to guide you. Now, is your business named after your daughter? Yes. Yes. And like I said, I, when I went into business, I wasn't exactly planning on it becoming this big thing. So my son's a little mad that it's not named after him, but... It was just like the first thing I thought of, Lily Bean, because my daughter had just been born, and we called her Lily Bean, and I just thought it was a cute name, so we just, it's stuck ever since. I like Lily Bean. I imagine that you would like Lily Bean. How does it feel to have a business named after you? Um, Lily and Gail Hayden. 
<laughs> what did she just say? Her, yeah, that's her name. <laughs> yeah. So do you like the food that your mom makes? Yeah. Yeah. What What is your favorite favorite toy that she makes? Uh, play food. Play food. What do you have a particular thing you like the best? Like a sandwich or a strawberry or banana? What strawberry? Oh, you like the strawberry the best? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is the answer different every time I would ask? My daughter would answer something different. Every Sometimes, time. although she really does like strawberries, she, so does. she really does like the strawberry. Now, Richie basically inspired the whole thing to start. Because yeah, he, asked he her, said, "He's like a naughty boy." <laughs> he's a naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, edit that out. <laughs> uh, so funny. So, how much of, of the products are inspired by your kids? Do they ask yeah. for particular things, or do you just think of something else to make? Well, uh, my son was particularly challenging, as my daughter. <laughs> but um, he, he 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 was very bright, but he he always needed something. Yeah, it, it was like it was like he needed something to keep him occupied. So by me making things, it was like here's something new and fun and different. Right. And um, so yeah, a lot of it is inspired by my kids. And I think now I'm making things, and I and I I get. When I make something, when I have an idea in my head to make something like sushi, right? I think about it in terms of, okay, a child like my kids are going to be playing with this. How can I make this in a way that it's not going to fall apart? Right. How can I make it in a way that's not a choking hazard? Or I'm always... That's how candy land. <laughs> My daughter does too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always thinking about not just the aesthetic part of it, Right. And sometimes it changes the way that I make something so that it's not just pretty to look at, but it's something that kids can actually throw around. Um, like my son is very hard on toys and that it's going to stand up to right. that and not just be something that parents are going to have to say, well, you have to play with that when I'm sitting here because I don't want you to break it. You don't have to worry about that with my toys, and that is a big inspiration I get from my kids. Yeah, and then they're, they're in-house product testers. Yeah, they so, are. They yeah. have I ha they have one of everything that I have made, yeah. so they have quite a full play kitchen. How many things have you made? Can you list off the things oh. you made? Do so you have your What's sandwich? This? I can't list them all. I, I make about 60 different things, oh my like um, individual pieces. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Kind of wrecking the interview, really. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's enriching the interview. No problem there. Just cute as a button. Yeah. I've been really sick this day. Yeah, really I know sick. a lot of people are really sick. I have a little cold myself. It's just, I guess, Michigan weather. It's making us all sick. You're silly. <laughs> so you said you have about 60 things that you make. Yeah, individual pieces, because I'm including things like... The lettuce. And yeah, I make like three different kinds of lettuce, and um, I'm coming out with a salad as soon as my website's back up. Oh, wow, a salad? Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a salad. Is that your newest, one of your newer... Yeah, that is one of my newest things, is a salad, and I have raviolis and things like that that are all coming out. And a lot of things that you find in stores, I make a lot more than what goes in stores, because not all stores can carry everything that I make all by myself, just because I can't make enough for all right, the stores. Right. So sometimes when you go in stores and you see some of my products, you don't get the full scope of everything that I make. Which so is, is all of your stuff going to be available online online then for people who listen? Yes. Can they, they can order like a yes. new salad if they want it? Mm -hmm. And how much is a salad? I think I have it set for 20 just because 
because it's not a very big salad, but it's big enough that it goes into a bowl and, and looks very full. So do they get the bowl, too, or what? They, they don't know? get the bowl. Okay, so I'm working on that. Okay, so <laughs> I, well, I'm not going to make felt bowls, but I want to find a bowl maker that will make wooden bowls. Oh, I think wood and felt go together really well. I think it's kind of silly yeah. to make felt plates and things that are supposed to be hard anyway. That's where I think there's a great combination where you can have wood food and wool because wood and wool I think just yeah. really nice together so well that's exciting so yeah. that's kind of what you're thinking about in the future is kind of packaging your product with some other components that kind of make it a full right place right exactly very yeah. cool going into some other things oh. in the near future I don't want to go too much into no definitely no, <laughs> don't but where do you see yourself in another year I just recently started a retail website where all of my products will be available may not always be in stock, but I'm going to try my best. And I guess that's where I'm kind of hoping that I am in a year that I have um, more help to make my products, that people can go online to my website and purchase products, and that I can also accommodate um, stores with my products. And that I also want to create other things other than just play food, but I'm going to continue to go with play food and kind of that theme and branch out into things like aprons and... Um, I love aprons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love you aprons. You know, anything yeah. that goes along with that whole imagination, creative play type of situation. Yeah. I, I have a lot of plans, but that I haven't really gotten, been able to work on them as much as I like just because I've been so busy just Trying on this food up. thing. Right. I mean, when I started, I really was just doing it as a hobby, and I was going to make all kinds of stuff, but the food just took off so much that... I had to go with it. I mean, I, I've just been really grateful for everyone who's been purchasing my product, and I just hope that they love it as much as my kids love it, because my kids love it. And it's, you know, three years later, and my kids are still playing with the same food that I made um, way back when. That's awesome. Now, I'm curious, too, about what inspires you. Like, where do you, you know, when you're trying to, you know, you're in that creative zone, Oh, what, where do you draw inspiration? I get a lot of inspiration from the grocery store. I mean, <laughs> I really, I keep a notebook in my purse, and I'll be, like, at a grocery store or a restaurant, and I'll be like, hmm, this would look good in play food. I mean, this would look good in felt. And then, and I have people make suggestions to me a lot of times, too, like, like, hey, can can you make a moon cake for, for the moon festival? I'm like, that's in autumn, and I'm like, you know, I probably could make a moon cake. That's awesome. <laughs> And I've been trying to work more on things that kids can put together because it's not just about looking at or looking at it. I really want kids to be able to um, actually contribute to the item. And like the sandwich is so popular with kids, especially because they put it together themselves. Right, and I'm working right. on more things that there's pieces that you put together to make something, mm-hmm. uh, like a strawberry shortcake and oh, stuff yeah. like that, where the pieces come I like strawberry shortcake. Oh, gosh, you're a mess. <laughs> Is that yogurt good? <laughs> it's got, like, a pink mustache and beard. It's so cute. <laughs> you're messy. So you really just carry that notebook with you. I it's do. Cute. I carry it with me, and, and I I have odd notes written down in there. <laughs> and, Little, very badly made pictures, but I, I, I get a lot from can, it. Can so. you draw? Are you pretty skilled at drawing? Or? Um, I can sketch things out, yeah. but I am not really that very good, very good at drawing. I'm you just, I think people would look at your work and just assume that you're like really great at drawing I, and all this stuff. I can't, but I can, I can always picture things in my head. Like, 
when I say, okay, I'm going to make sushi, um, I can picture out the exact patterns and things like that in my head, and I usually get it right the first oh, yeah. time, and wow. I end up adjusting my patterns a little bit here and there. That's a gift. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where I'm gifted in 3D hey. things. Yeah. Uh, I'm not so gifted in, in drawing out one dimensions, because I, I'll sit there and I'll go, where does the shadow go on this? And where, <laughs> I'm like... It's not 3D. Make it be 3D. Like I said, when I was little, I, I even when I was even when I was really little, before I had fabric, I would make things out of paper, and I'd make all these 3D things out of paper, and I was so much better at that than drawing things. Yeah, <laughs> my drawings look horrible, but I could make these buildings out of paper. Yeah. Well, I think it's just wonderful to see what you've done and hear your story. I don't know if there's anything that I didn't ask you that you want to share with people. I can't think of anything. Okay. Well, that's, that's fine. Well, I really appreciate you your willingness to, to share your story and congratulate you. You're on your way. And Thank you so much. It's great much. to see someone in Grand Rapids, Michigan, you know, a couple miles from the newspaper I work, just doing this really awesome thing. And people, your neighbors probably have no idea that you're, I mean, do people know no, that I, you know, every once in a while, great big thing? Every once in a while, people, you know, I'll be talking to people, they'll go, oh, what do you do? And I'll say, I make felt food. And they're like, Oh, okay. And then they kind of like walk away from me a little bit. Like, <laughs> the like yeah. what? Yeah. And they're like, well, can you, and some people will say, well, can you explain that? I'm like, I make food out of felt. <laughs> and I sell it on the internet. And people still are like, like, you know, oh, okay. And then I say, oh, no, no, Google me. And they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, it I sounds kind of crazy. It yeah. sounds like I'm a crazy woman sitting here in my house. Yeah. But like, I'm just being crazy. No, <laughs> it's wonderful stuff. And again, I, I really appreciate your time. I think yeah, great. no, no, anytime. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you, Hillary, for that wonderful interview and for sharing your story. I know that I was inspired, and I'm sure a lot of the folks at home will be too. So I really appreciate that. And the fun's not over, folks. If you would like to try your hand at making felt food, Hillary has very kindly showed me how to make those fortune cookies, the felt fortune cookies I was telling you about. And I just have to tell you that I was very, very excited about this project. I still am. And it's just such a fun and easy project. You get just about instant gratification because you can make one little fortune cookie very quickly, or you can make several. I know Hillary, one of the things she does is around Valentine's Day, she makes them pink. And you can put little Valentine's messages inside of them. Hillary sells them in packages of six in a little frosted takeout container. So for those of you who don't sew or you just want to purchase them from Hillary and support her business, she can personalize them if you have a wedding coming up or you have some other event where you want the messages personalized. She's very willing to do that. But like I said, if you sew, this is a fantastic project. You're really going to like it. So visit craftsanity.com to get the PDF pattern download of the, I called it good fortune. And here's another little surprise for you. If you want to get in a drawing to win some felt food from Hillary, it's the same routine we always do. Um, go to craftsanity.com and uh, under the entry about Hillary and her business, uh, post a comment about this episode. Um, what we're looking for is we're going to talk about, you know, play food. Tell us if you've made felt food for your family or yourself, or tell us something that you would like to see available as felt food. 
your comment will get you into the random drawing. All you have to do is copy your comment that you post on the blog. Copy that into an email. Send it to jennifer at craftsanity.com. Please include your snail mail address. So if you are selected the winner at random, I can get that prize to you ASAP. Good luck to all of you. The deadline for the felt food contest is February 1st. I have to announce the winner of the um, Itty Bitty Nursery book that's uh, by Susan B. Anderson. We did a giveaway a couple weeks ago. Beth in Glendale, California. You're going to love it. It really is fantastic. So um, Beth, I'll get that book to you in the mail this week. So you'll see that soon popping up in your mailbox. Enjoy. I've so far, I'm able, I've been able to post something on the Craft Sanity blog every day this year. (laughs) It's actually not as hard as I thought it was going to be. It's just, I just kind of get into a routine And I get a lot of great ideas from people who email me. So if you have an idea, you have something that you think I need to uh, blog about, send that my way. Still taking suggestions of who you want to hear from. Just send me a message, jennifer at craftsanity.com. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to satisfy as much of those requests as I can. So anyway, you take care. I'll be back next week with another episode of Craft Sanity. In the meantime, don't forget to craft sanity, my friends. It works for me. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit CraftSanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email Jennifer at CraftSanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity. I uh, joined a apron swap. Yes, indeed. Very, very excited about this. Um, <laughs> big surprise. Um, yeah, I joined the sassy apron swap. And unfortunately, I didn't find out about this until just yesterday. By the time I post this podcast, the deadline will, will have passed. So I apologize for that. But um, the sassy apron swap, um, you can find a link to it from craftsanity.com. It's going to be something that's going to... Um, happen if, um, I think quarterly this year so um, check it out and uh, get in on the next swap and I just uh, noticed these heavenly hostess um, aprons you'll see I have those on my blog um, from the January 18th post I'm like completely in love with these aprons they are so pretty and at first I like freaked out because it said they were only for plus size people and I'm thinking oh crap I don't you know <laughs> why after I lose weight do I find the perfect apron for the size I was before I lost weight. Right, well, anyway, I'm, I am glad still to be in shape, but man, these aprons almost want me to make me want to uh, go back in time here. But anyway, um, someone kindly wrote in and uh, told me that these aprons fit everybody. So um, I really hope that's the case because that is great news. Yeah, and I'm also going to be posting about another, um, a woman who's selling a pattern that's similar to this. And um, so for those of us who like to try to do things ourselves, there's another option out there. But anyway, there's some pretty, pretty aprons available, and I'm very excited about that. I want to promote the apron every chance I get. And, uh, yeah, so I think that's all I have to add at this point. I'm uh, 
So far, my sewing projects, uh, I stayed up all night. I think the week I told you guys I was going to be making uh, two capes. I don't even know if I've told you this or if I wrote it on my blog or what happened, but I uh, stayed up to make this wraparound skirt and uh, measured myself rather quickly, and it didn't seem real accurate, but I thought, you know, what the heck, I'll just go with this, and just kept going, making the skirt, and wouldn't you know, get it done, it's way too big. I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, it's like I knew, I knew it was not going to fit me. Like as I'm, there, there were points in this process where I was like, oh, yeah, this is probably going to be too big. But I'm like, no, I will, I will plug ahead. It is 2 a.m. I will keep going. I will keep sewing. And so I did and um, was just stubborn as hell about it and kept sewing something that I knew in the end was not going to fit me, which is just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, I don't know if I'll ever learn. I don't know if I'll ever learn to take accurate measurements, follow all the steps exactly. Um, so I have this skirt that would be really great if it fit me. So, yeah, I need to, you know, kind of go back. And I'm, I'm thinking about actually taking it apart completely, cutting down the pieces to the size I would need, and trying this again. Because it's not going to get used very much if I'm not, you know, if it's too big. Plus, I picked plaid, and the pieces don't line up very well. Like, I didn't match the pieces. Like, so the plaid pattern kind of picks up where it left off. So it's kind of like, it looks a bit disastrous, I'd say. Um, I did learn some things. I learned, you know, some little some skills that go into making this. I know what to do next time. And um, unfortunately, though, it, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't fit. So... Anyway, I, I'm hoping this year to become a little more, um, I probably won't master garment sewing, but I would really like to become a little more astute and a little more uh, efficient and uh, just be able to hold my own when it comes to garment sewing. So um, w wish me luck with that because obviously I'm going to need some help. And uh, yeah, so I think I'm, that's all I have to say this week. I mean, I could just go on, but I won't. I will spare you that. And I will spare my husband, who will be doing an, uh, a little listen, who listens to the show before I post it. I don't want him to, I don't want to put the man to sleep here.